You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Liz Truss has been, if anything, certainly as bad as Johnson on the populism agenda. She wants people to work hard and she hates people being told what to do. The markets are looking very, very closely at political pronouncements. Together, we can ride out the storm. We can rebuild our economy and we can become the modern, brilliant Britain that I know we can be. You're listening to Bloomberg UK Politics, your daily guide to the corridors of power. I'm Stephen Carroll. And I'm Caroline Hepke. On today's programme, it's Keir Starmer's big moment at the Labour Party conference. We'll bring you a preview of his speech as a new opinion poll gives Labour a record lead over the Conservatives. Plus, we'll be discussing Quasi Quarting's credibility problem with our opinion columnist Therese Raphael and the mortgage market on the turn. As of next week, getting your hands on a fixed rate mortgage deal of under 5% will be very very tricky. That's according to Ray Bulger from the mortgage broker John Charcoal. He discusses the hit that's coming to UK homeowners. Well, in terms of the market turmoil that we've seen and what it means for government, worth saying that sterling has rallied today after the collapse to a record low against the US dollar on Monday and government bond yields are sliding too. So there is perhaps some respite and yet there's been significant damage. This also, of course, is Keir Starmer, apparently uh, from Exert of his speech is going to talk about la- the Labour Party standing for sound money. Lots of people, I think, were very pleased to hear something about sound money. This is a new YouGov survey has shown Labour with a 17-point lead over the Conservatives. The poll for the Times newspaper shows the Tories losing four points, giving them 28% of voting preferences versus 45% for Labour. Welcome news for Keir Starmer as he prepares to give his keynote speech at the party conference in Liverpool. Our political reporter Emily Ashton is there and joins us now. Emily, this is Keir Starmer's big moment. What's he going to do with it? Yeah, so we've got a speech this afternoon um, from Keir Starmer. And yeah, as you say, he's going to focus on economic growth. Um, and he's going to be talking about Labour as the party of sound money, the party you could trust, a responsible, authoritative, competent party, really trying to draw that contrast with government um, at the moment, um, who is struggling, which is struggling with the markets at the moment. Um, and I think, you know, you'll see kind of echoes of, dare I say, it, Tony Blair in there as well. This idea that Labour is moving to the centre ground 
having seen what Liz, Liz Truss and Kwasi Kwarteng, they think they're moving to the right and that they can take that sense of ground that they've, they've vacated. Is there party support, though, for that stance? Yes, it's, it's very surprising here at Labour Conference how united everything feels. It feels like a shift in the mood here. Um, I've been coming to Labour Party conferences for a number of years and it feels different. And I think um, there is a mood here to stay united, stay focused on preparing for government. Um, and that comes from all wings of the party. There haven't been the usual fights or heckles or rows that you usually see at Labour Conference. It feels very much on the same page. Will that pitch work for business, do you think, Emily? The CBI already rowing back on its welcome of the, the quasi-quartang budget. Are they opening the door for being more supportive to Labour? Definitely. There are lots of businesses here. Um, I was at a business event with Keir Starmer yesterday, a Bloomberg business event, about 200 business representatives in the room. OK. The Chancellor, Rachel Reeves, has also made her big policy speech. How convincing was her message of fiscal responsibility? I think in, in this conference, she has been impressive and that, that call. Of, and it, it's this idea that Labour can be the party of the economy and of sound money, but also be the party of strong public services. It's trying to tr- straddle both those things. As, as one front venture put it, they want to be the party of the, of the heart, but also the head. And it's the head that wins the election. OK, Emily Ashton in Liverpool, thank you very much. Not a great line, but we got some of the, the key moments there out of those speeches. And of course, we will be watching for Keir Starmer's keynote address coming later on as well, at a time when opinion polls are showing that record lead for Labour over the Conservatives. Mm. Well, in the meantime, of course, here in London, the Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng has been meeting top figures from the financial world after the market route yesterday that was sparked by his tax cut package and pledge of more to come. Bloomberg opinion columnist Therese Raphael joins us this morning. How much damage control, Therese, do you think that the Chancellor needs to do now? His perception seems to be that he doesn't need to do very much. Just based on that statement that was sort of hastily issued yesterday and which promised uh, a medium-term fiscal plan by November 23rd. Well, that's quite a long way off when you consider just how strongly markets reacted to Friday's, you know, non-budget, whatever we want to call it. Um, In the meantime, he's also promised more measures to back up, double down, some might say, on this supply side uh, you know, set of policies that the government has has unleashed. I think the markets are going to ask for something more than just, um, you know, trust us, we've got this. Um, I think at a minimum, they're going to want to see uh, an indication of where spending will be restrained or cut, uh, because the real, you know, the the thing that we think set off the markets was this unexpected cut in the top marginal rate to forty percent, which obviously indicated a lot more borrowing than the markets were were counting on based on what was trailed in advance and uh, during the leadership campaign. I mean, bearing in mind that that trust all along her signature, you know, economic line has all been about. Uh, tax cuts, uh, borrowing is fine, loosening the fiscal policy and letting the Bank of England soak up, uh, you know, the the excess on the inflation side. Yeah, it, I mean, it's fascinating because I think that, as you say, that top rate of tax cut was the one that caught us all by surprise when it was announced on Friday. Is it, is this, as you say, central to the whole Trustonomics platform? And will the market reaction kind of 
in in the broader scheme of things just be a blip or do you think it could actually undermine the the approach that Liz Truss wants to take to how she runs the economy? Well, I don't think they're too concerned about the hit to the pound, which is what gets most of the um, headlines and I think gets people most excited. There's, you know, pound isn't pegged um, to another currency. the Bank of England is probably not that keen to come in and try to intervene, given where you know the the fairly low level of currency reserves. I think what is more worrying is obviously um, the level of guilts and the the you know the cost of of, of borrowing for the government, um, because you know ultimately that cuts into the growth plan. If um, uh, you know if borrowing costs um, are so high, people can't get mortgages or they can't afford their mortgages. So you know that's a big concern. I think you know a, a real question is how much help does she get on the growth front from that cut to the to the you know mm. highest earners? And if you think of the fact that you know, the U.S. top marginal rate is 37 percent, so it's lower, but it kicks in at five, over 500,000 pounds of income. So in the U.K., the top marginal rate here of 40 percent kicks in at just under 38,000 pounds or 37,700 pounds of income. So many, many more people pay that top marginal rate in this mm-hmm. country, which means if you're looking for a real supply side cut that just takes a lot of people out of that range. It stimulates spending. Yeah, I'm not sure this really gets you there. And so what what tends to happen is Dan Hansen, Bloomberg economics economist, wrote um, today in this Q and A that we've done is that you know when you cut taxes for the rich and you you know we're not talking a massive cut like 80 percent to 40 percent that we saw uh, under Thatcher. We're talking a much smaller cut. They tend to just bank it. They tend to they have a what do you call low marginal propensity to consume extra income. So the taxes tend to be saved rather than spent. So what cost her so much in the market is unlikely to gain her a great deal in terms of her growth agenda. Yeah, which all adds up to then a pretty risky strategy, surely, going going forwards. I mean, how much do we think this three-week-old government is going to stick to this? As we say, so far, sort of no U-turns, but that has become increasingly part of the narrative when it comes to the Conservative Party. You know, how much of a hit does Kwasi Kwarteng take versus Liz Truss? What, how does this play out, uh, you know, with the party? Already we're hearing rumblings, it would seem, at least in the newspaper reporting, that Conservative MPs are, are worried. I, mean, I guess we could safely say that conservative MPs don't have a terribly strong stomach when it comes to tolerating leaders who are just, you know, diving in the polls. And particularly, you know, we just spoke about the Labour Party feeling confident, businesses flocking to the Labour Party conference, as Emily Ashton just said, 17 point lead. So, of course, they're not feeling very happy about this. But what can they do? They have just had a very bruising leadership campaign Uh do they really want to challenge a Tory party leader right now? And Truss and Quarteng are very closely linked on this. It's not as if she just, you know, picked a chancellor who was popular among a wing of the party and just said, OK, let's give it a go. They, you know, they live down the street from each other. They're ideologically very twinned in this. And I don't think that she can, you know, I don't think she can credibly distance herself from him without doing herself a great deal of damage. I'm not sure MPs have a a, a lot of choice. I mean, yes, if push came to shove and everything went to hell in a handbasket, will they still stick out trust? No, do they, you know, where, yeah. where does, you know, how, but th- I think that's still a pretty high bar given yes. what we've just been through with Boris Johnson. So somehow she's got to make this work. And that comes back to your question on U-turns. What can she do to calm 
you know, and, and restore a sense of credibility. And I think we're coming back to uh, looking at spending. I don't see how they can't look at the NHS, which is a massive spending item, and come up with some way to sort of square that. Um, but uh, you know, also they're going to release a whole set of policies that are going to try that, that are aimed at trying to convince people that they will get things going uh, on the supply side, productivity, um, planning, permissions, childcare, all of those things. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common... It's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. 
Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank. Because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Now, banks are pulling mortgage deals as concerns grow that the Bank of England will have to hike interest rates to support the pound. Virgin Money and Skipton Building Society have temporarily stopped making new mortgage offers to some customers, while Lloyds Bank-owned Halifax is making changes to his mortgage product range as a result of significant changes, it says, in mortgage market pricing. Well, Ray Bulger, Senior Technical Manager John Charcoal, the mortgage brokers, says that by next week, finding a fixed rate mortgage in the UK below 5% will be very hard. He spoke to us about mortgage rates in the UK, home prices and the energy squeeze and what it all means for UK households and the government. The key thing, of course, is the huge rising yields over the last couple of days, Caroline. And so... Um, This is going to impact all mortgage lenders. And as you mentioned, some have uh, pulled their rates yesterday. Others, I'm sure, will be pulling rates today. So um, because lenders' cost of funds has gone up so dramatically, um, they are going to have to reprice their mortgage offers. So I expect by by next week, there are not going to be many fixed rate offers available much below 5%. Gosh, not many more left below 5% on, on fixed rate. So really, this is... It, this is going to continue, as you say. You expect further mortgage deals to be pulled uh, today as the industry adjusts. And, and what, what are you seeing in terms of in terms of customers then, in terms of the clients uh, of John Charcoal? Well, obviously, there's been a, a, a sort of mad scramble to get um, rates agreed before they change. Now, one of the things that's happened over the last few weeks is that for people who are look, coming to the end of a deal and looking for another deal, their two options are to remortgage, i.e. change lenders, or to do what is called a product transfer, i.e. take another deal with the same lender. And typically, remortgage offers are available for up to six months, whereas product transfers often only for three months. So what we've seen is more people choosing to remortgage because they wanted to secure rates well in advance. As a result of that, Several lenders have now increased the time that you can secure a new rate on a product transfer to six months as well. So the key, the key message, I think, for people who are coming to the end of a deal is if they haven't already talked to their broker and they are coming to the end of a deal within the next six months, pick up the phone today, have a conversation today, and you may well be able to secure a new rate before the rates go up. 
the bigger challenge, of course, is for people who are looking to move home. Now, they may want to have done their sums on the basis of getting a mortgage starting with a three. And as rates go up, the cost of their mortgage is going to rise significantly. Most people, when they move home, are also taking a bigger mortgage. So they've got a double whammy of a larger mortgage and a higher rate than they expected. So this is bound to have an impact on the property market. So um, you, you talked about uh, remortgaging and people perhaps seeing then a five handle, 5% um, for remortgaging. What is the standard then fixed rate mortgage now that you're seeing predominantly in the market for the fixed two year and the fixed five year for UK borrowers? Um, well, there's no standard. I mean, rates at the mm, moment sure. start at about uh, at about three and three quarter percent. Um, that's assuming you've got a big deposit and you only need to borrow sixty percent loan to value or less. Uh, as um, the, the amount of deposit or equity reduces, then the rates in- increase. Although interestingly, there, there is a much smaller gap today between what people with a big deposit pay and people with a small deposit pay than was the case a year ago. So if you are looking to get a 90 or 95% mortgage, perhaps as a first-time buyer, it's going to cost you more than it would have done uh, a year ago. But the extra you pay compared to somebody with a big deposit is less. You touched on the vulnerability of the housing market and, and the fact this is going to this is going to drag. It's been relatively buoyant. And then you have the stamp duty cut from the Chancellor of the, of the Exchequer as well. Is that going to offset any of the headwinds? I mean, what, what do you expect to see in the housing market? I think the big difference between the stamp duty cut, um, which, of course, only applies to England and Northern Ireland because Wales and Scotland have a different system. But the big difference between this cut and the one we saw at the beginning of COVID is that the COVID cut was a temporary one. And therefore, there was a cliff edge with lots of people trying to complete on their purchase Mm. before the stamp duty went back up. This is now a permanent cut insofar as anything is permanent in the tax world. So it's going to give a one-off boost to people who are buying the property, but they haven't got to rush in order to uh, avoid losing it. So it, it will it will have a much smaller impact than the, the previous stamp duty cut did. I think a, a much bigger impact on the property market is going to be the increased cost of mortgages. I mean, one of the probably the most important key factor that people look at when they're deciding what price property they can afford to buy is what their monthly mortgage costs are going to be. And when you bear in mind that this time last year, you could have got a five year fixed rate mortgage at one percent. Now mm. you're going to be paying close to four percent and next week even more than that. People are going to rethink what they can afford, and that's bound to have an impact on prices. So I think we have mm. seen the peak of the property market, and we're going to start to see prices falling probably by between 5 and 10% next year, I suspect, based on where interest rates are at the moment. Okay, 5 to 10% drop. Fine. Look, 1.4 million people, it's estimated, are going to have to remortgage in the coming year. It's sort of roughly 300,000 per per quarter. How concerned do you think government and the Bank of England are going to be about this, about you know rates rising at such speed? Because the other, the other factor you have to weigh is that fewer and fewer people in the UK need a mortgage because we have an ageing population and people increasingly own their own homes outright. So how do you think government and the BOE are going to be thinking about this? Over 50% of UK um, residential property is owned by people without a mortgage. Uh, But for those who do have a mortgage, the um, 
in theory, bearing in mind that mortgages have been stress tested for an interest rate of about 7% for at least the last eight years, in theory, even with rates where they look like going, people should still be able to afford the mortgage. But of course, that ignores the big increase in energy costs that people are also having to suffer. So I think there's no doubt some people will struggle. Others will have more flexibility, but people will normally prioritise paying their mortgage over other things. So I think for a lot of people, what's going to happen is that they will have to cut back on non-essentials. There are also things they can do to reduce their mortgage cost. If, for example, their current mortgage term's got 20 or 25 years to go, they could extend it to 30 or perhaps 35 years, depending on their age. So that would give them some breathing space. Obviously, it means ultimately they pay more interest, but if it means that they can afford the mortgage rather than risking defaulting, you know, that, that's a, a much better solution. Um, but, but because the monthly mortgage costs are such a critical part for a lot of people's budgets, um, it, it is going to be a challenge for some people without a doubt. And the Bank of England will clearly have to take that into account in terms of what actions they, ta- they take. Ray, you, you talked about 5%, getting to 5% um, on some of these deals. I mean, your analysis of kind of where, whether the chances of that being the top end or, you know, what you see the odds of, of, of rates going even higher than that. Yeah, that's, that, that is clearly really difficult because it all depends on essentially guilt yields because mm. guilt yields are the barometer for what mortgage lenders have to charge. So um, at the moment, obviously, it's quite comforting that, as you were reporting uh, earlier, guilt yields have fallen 20, 25 basis points this morning. Uh, and uh, if if the market is now getting somewhere near the peak, then there's no need for mortgage rates to go any higher. But obviously, we're in uncharted territory. So uh, I think it's dangerous to... Um, you know, to say we're near the peak, um, but uh, but at least it's comforting to see that the market is now backtracking a bit. And, and I note that there's a report in the FT this morning saying that uh, some people who shorted sterling are making a big profit. So that does suggest that there actually might be some short positions that people need to cover. And that probably also applies to the gilt market. Mm, yeah. Okay. That's interesting. What do you think Quasi Quarteng needs to say um, in order to sort of calm financial markets? He's meeting with a lot of um, city leaders today. Um, he seemed to sort of double down on tax cuts on Sunday, which obviously prompted more market turmoil on Monday. What do you think that Quasi Quarteng needs to say? He, he's on the front page of every newspaper, Ray. Your customers will know that. They'll have seen all of the kind of monikers being thrown at the Chancellor for his handling of the economy what does he have to say to reassure householders yeah i think he's in a really difficult position um the the one thing he could say is perhaps bring forward some of the announcements he was planning for the next month or two um and make it clear that he's actually going to be increasing some taxes now which taxes they might be i don't know but clearly you know what the market is spoofed about um is the increase in the uh, public sector borrowing requirement so um, whilst increasing VAT is almost certainly not on the agenda, some, increasing some taxes to prove that actually he's more fiscally prudent than the market currently think, thinks he is um, would probably be the best thing he could do. Mm-hmm. I think the Bank of England has got a bit more scope to do something in the short term because in their statement last week, 
they said they were going to start to sell the gilts that they bought under quantitative easing. And that clearly just puts more pressure on the gilt market. So it would, I think, be helpful if the bank said we're going to suspend the sale of gilts uh, until the market stabilises. That was Ray Bulger, Senior Technical Manager at John Charcoal. I thought that interview was pretty hair-raising. It's going to be hard to find a mortgage under 5%. Plus, uh, he threw out that line about the possibility of house prices dropping 5 or even 10% next year. That's scary, pretty stark Scary stuff, stuff if you're yeah. buying or selling a home, certainly. Well, just in terms of what's coming up that we're watching out for, we have, of course, that speech from Keir Starmer at the Labour Party conference this afternoon. He'll be pitching the Labour Party as responsible stewards of the economy. We'll also be watching out for the reaction from Quasi Quarteng's meeting with top financiers in the city. Let's see if he manages to convince them of his plans for the economy at a time when the markets are giving a determined thumbs down. Bloomberg UK Politics. Listen weekdays at noon on DAB Digital Radio in London. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.